Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? What's going on? We want to welcome y'all to another Lion's Den with Seth. Hopefully your weekend is going good and y'all are here with us we appreciate it you could have been doing anything or watching a a a horrible football team right now no shade whoever your team is if they're getting it in they're giving it in hey but look we want to make sure that y'all know how we do around this time make sure that you are on streamyard.com forward slash facebook if you are on facebook just let us know that you are here your comments will post up let us know where you at give us a hashtag We live from where, wherever you're at, right? We want to give you a personal shout out, all right? And we appreciate y'all. So getting into the den, got my man's catch. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, brother, man? How you feeling? Man, slow motion, brother. Slow motion. Another good uh, end to the weekend. You know what I'm saying? Looking into making some moves later on in the week, man. But everything good? man. I had a pretty good weekend getting ready to start this work week back up after being off of quarantine and some little bit of R&R, man. It's about time to get back into the floor work. Right, right. I can dig that. I can dig that. Well, again, man, welcome back, welcome back to the, to reality right now. Yo, what's going on? Herm, what it is? What up, what up? How y'all living? Man, slow motion, slow motion. What's going on, Jamisha? Yo, going good, man. What's going on with you this weekend? You look like you, what do they say? The, the hair of the dog or the wag of the tail of the, what is it? What? <laughs> I'm like, well, hold on, what you about to talk about? But hey, I, hey, first thing I already say, man. Um, my my career field, the services career field, just lost a you know a very special man. You know, what I mean, I want to give a shout out to you know Archie Archie uh, Morgan's family. You know what I mean? Let them know that my thoughts and prayers is with them. Um, it's just sad that this it just recently just happened. So I'd be remiss if I don't give him you know his, his due respect. So. Wow, my so, condolences, and it, it's yeah. never, it's never a good, uh, a good time when a, a fellow um, service member passed. You right. get what I mean? So no, I'm sorry to hear that, brother. But other than that, man, the weekend was pretty good, man. You know, we had we had uh, had Spence. You know, what I'm saying Big Will come down to Clarksville with with his brothers, mm-hmm. and uh, they they showed out pretty good out here, man. Oh, they got it in. They got it in, man. Had a good time with him. Um, he's on the road now, so you know he's not going to be with us on us today. But it was good catching up with him and and being able to rap with him face to face. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. Well, look, man. Before we go up in there uh, and and start off with this awesome show, ladies and gentlemen, please, please, please share this. This means a whole lot to us. We couldn't be or do what we're doing right now if it wasn't for you. All right. And also, I want to give a special shout out to those of you that have donated to the in front of the mic event. And the goal is we want to feed the block. Got some good news for everyone. Boom. Yo. Yeah. Yeah. Look what y'all did. You know what I'm talking about? So just letting y'all know the goal is what was to raise seven hundred dollars, which was met in a week. All right, which is super dope, but we're going to be able to feed 50 homeless individuals, give them water, masks, and then some socks, right? Yeah. Keep keep them right, some warm socks, right on. So we want to thank y'all right. for donating everyone, everyone that's even the, the, the person that gave $3, right on, because you didn't have to, you know what I'm saying? So thank you all for giving. We appreciate understand, you. Understand, uh, we're not just giving them bologna sandwiches, neither. No. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we really linked up with one of our sponsors. Yes. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Collaborated with them to figure out what can we get them at, you know, to make sure y'all's money, it, it, you know, going to a, a real thing. Absolutely. You know I mean? Healthy meals, too. We're not giving them uh, pig snoots and, and, yeah. and things hey, like hey, that. Hey, Yo. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, look, no, real talk. We're going to, uh, the goal is to give some real good, healthy meals, spread some love. You know what I'm talking about? Some inspiring words. You never know what that can do for a person and give them some warm mm-hmm. socks. 
You dig? Because it's out of line out here in St. Louis when it get cold. It's a different right. different type of cold. So, again, just want to thank you all for contributing. You're awesome. We love y'all. And this is the beginning. We're going to do another one in the coming 2021. All right? So, y'all stay tuned. So, what you got? So, so this show, man, we, we you know, we're always looking for somebody that's going to inspire our listeners. Yeah. Somebody that, you know, when they when they tell their story, people that are sitting around like, damn, you know what? It's never over. You know, what I mean, we, we can always press forward. And this week is no different. You know, we, we've got an author uh, that, that wrote about um, inspiring abilities. Mm -hmm. Now she she got the dis silent because it, it said if you look at the book is it look like look like disabilities, but she's she's erasing that narrative and showing you know hey nothing's going to hold me back or slow me down, so I'm glad we're able to get her in front of our crowd today to talk about you know how to inspire abilities. Mm -hmm. Everybody welcome, Miss Nakia Simon. All right. Welcome, 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 ma'am. How you feeling? Welcome to the I'm den. Feeling great. Thank you for having me. All right, all right. So it's just an a a, a outstanding, outstanding uh, title to the book. Outstanding title mm -hmm. to the book, right? And it it, it makes a, makes a lot of sense. And individuals that's um, familiar with disabilities or trauma, specifically in the military, right? Because we deal with that. But it's it's a different type of energy when you come across a, a person, an inspiring person that can translate what your disability is and what it what it can birth within that. You get what I mean? So just giving you the platform, what if you don't mind, if you can give us a brief description of what happened to you. What happened okay, to you I, to, I to, to get you started at age 19? Mm -hmm. um, at the time I was in, in college, um, I had just pledged a sorority. Um, I was in my moment. I was in my essence and the car accident happened. Anything can happen to anyone. And I'm, I like that you mentioned um, the military. My entire life, I was a military brat. Um, and I later was a military spouse. So I can relate to a disability being a civilian as well as understanding that thin line between the military as well. Awesome. 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 Wow. So, so you was talking about being in your moment and I read, I read uh, in the first chapter of your book, you was describing your moment. You are just coming off of being a track star specifically in a relay um, in high school, you know, so everybody known you for, for running track as well as you know, being a smart woman, and your line, your line name was Little Caesar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and can, can you explain why that was your line name? Because now, and then it's going to get into my follow up question after that. Why, why okay. Little Caesar? We um, well, I'm I'm a petite woman, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I have a big personality. Is the what was the way it was explained to me by the person that named me, Miss Rhea Daniels. And she said that my presence is bigger than my size and that I was always a leader. She always saw a leader in me. And regardless of the size of our line or how many people were around, I always was able to um, place myself in a leadership position where people were willing to follow. Okay. Did you feel like when that accident happened, because you, like you said, you was in your moment, how did that change that for you initially? That's a very good question. Um, because you never, you, anything can happen to anyone, but you, you can't prepare yourself for a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual type of change. Um, how did it change me? Was that, was that the question? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> it gave me, um, a whole new view from a sitting position. Um, and that's what I, when I say that, I mean, I was in a wheelchair for a good year, learning how to walk. I had to learn how to talk. I had to learn how to think. And as, as you mentioned, I was in college. I was in the prime of my life. I was a, an athlete. Um, so my, my vision and my goals were completely different from what I, uh, eventually accomplished. Um, and just being, being flexible and being able to make adjustments smoothly, um, was very difficult. So seeing myself uh, at the time, what I called broken, 
was very difficult. And it, it took an emotional toll. Um, I had trouble physically as well as mentally. I was a reco- I'm a recovering traumatic brain injury uh, unit patient. And I also, uh, like I said, I had to learn how to walk. I had to learn how to talk. I had to learn how to eat, even dress. And so you just can't imagine the different emotions that come along with that. Um, and I feel like my mother being in the military and always instilling in me that you have to suck it up and drive on gave me a different type of tenacity in attacking it is that I couldn't just sit and cry about it. I had other things that I had to do. So I had to learn how to, um, as my mom would call it, adjust smoothly. (laughs) Okay. So man, I want to talk about what kept you inspired, what motivated you to get through the, the traumatic event, you know, as far as the accident happening, you re, you know, realizing where you're at currently, what reality looks like for you, what kept you motivated to kind of push through and not just, you know, give up and go off on the deep end or, you know, nothing to that, to that extent. What was your motivation? First and foremost, you have to have, I had to have a spiritual grounding, um, mm-hmm. a strong belief in God and faith. I also have a very strong um, family support system as well as friends and family um, along the way. I didn't do it by myself. Um, Mm -hmm. It it took a lot of prayer. It took a lot of strength that came from um, not only from within, but from above, from around me. So my motivation didn't, wasn't just me. It was other people. Um, I named my mother, I could name other strong black women that were in my, um, in my success story. I had strong black men in my success story as well. Um, there were always people that God put in my path to help me through things that I was going through. And I had to learn how to embrace those and recognize those godsends and and find a way to keep going. This there's no there's no time to sit and cry about it. I, now I cry a lot. I'm not saying that there are no tears, because there are definitely tears here and there. Um, and sometimes more than less. But just finding a way to, to keep your faith. Um, for me, I, I pray a lot. I, I like, uh, I do yoga. I try to just find my way to keep my peace and stay spiritually grounded, which is not always easy. <laughs> right. Well, you know what? I'm glad that you said that. And just being transparent and communicating it, the things that you have to go through and wow. glowing through, if that makes sense, right? Because you're in a certain situation that you're no longer in. So you're you're in a different realm. But first, I want to say again, shout out to everybody that's watching right now. Let us know if you can dig this, if you can, if if, if this story resonates with you, because there's individuals that um, I have the honor of working with in the Air Force, in the the military. They're called the Air Force Wounded Warriors. And Mm -hmm. there are individuals that... Uh, something traumatic happens, either like we were talking before the show, visible or invisible injuries happen. And so regardless of what they were doing, they were a part of a team. So they could have been a commander, a supervisor, superintendent, but something happened when they wasn't able to do what they were, you know, or currently were previously doing previous to the actual uh, event. And so I learned a, a, a word then called the imposter syndrome, where individuals have to realize that they're not able to do what they were doing before. And that's even a toll on them emotionally. So can you explain if that ever happened to you since you were, you know, you were getting ready to, to do things in track and then, you know, you're pledging and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden it was a halt. Did you feel as though there was you had some, uh, I guess, uh, that imposter syndrome that you had to get over as well as healing yourself mentally? Very much so. And very good, very good question and very good insight. I feel like people with disabilities are experienced problem solvers. We're asked or forced to make accommodations on a daily basis. Like we're experienced problem solvers. We have to find a way to make a way. Um, And you talked about wounded warriors. 
one of my gifts was understanding using my gift of my story to help others. I actually worked um, with wounded warriors for a large majority of my career with the Army. Um, I was uh, Pueblo, which is a physical evaluation board liaison officer. And mm-hmm. I also, in, in that position, basically, I helped uh, soldiers that were separating from the military figure out what their disabilities were or things that, that they experienced in the military that they would have to claim um, when they separated from the military into civilian life. Another job that I held um, while I was in the military was an Army Career and Alumni Program Manager, which was helping soldiers when they separate from the military transition into um, civilian careers, like helping with their resumes and understanding how to translate their skills into civilian terminology. So I've been in positions where my story helped soldiers um, because I was able to tell them how I had to adjust and make make situations um, a win for me. And understanding that just because somebody calls it a disability doesn't mean that it's a disadvantage. Finding a way to make your strengths, your your weaknesses, what someone might call them, your strengths and opportunities. So, yes, um, by all means, I, I have faced um, many instances going from people looking at me, I felt like, in a positive light um, as a track star or as a beauty pageant winner or whatever it may have been. And then people looked at me differently. They looked at me with uh, sorrow in their eyes or with, uh, with pain without even knowing if in that particular day I was hurting. Um, and Herman and I had a conversation offline at one point in time when I was saying that I even have to adjust my attitude sometimes when people ask me what happened, because it's not always asked in a positive manner or on a day um, in particular that I might want to be an inspiration or tell my story, I'm always put on the spot. I feel like I'm looked at as a disability survivor of sorts or as an inspiration, even on days when I'm not feeling inspired. I still have to find a way to, with Kuth, answer questions that I might not feel like answering. Um, I don't think that people take into consideration that uh a person with a disability might not want to talk about it. Everybody doesn't want to tell their story at a whims, you know, at a whim, whenever someone asks. Um, and that's physically or emotionally speaking, because a lot of disabilities can be invisible. Um, just think about somebody with a, with a disability that you can't see or you having something that you experience every, that you deal with every day, that you cope with in order to get up out of your bed and out of the house. And you have someone asking you on a continual basis, what happened? Um, I don't think that the culture considers what that can do to the person emotionally. Um, In my instances, sometimes if they get too deep and too personal, you're asking me to relive one of the hardest traumas of my life that I have to prepare myself to leave the house to face every day doesn't mean that I want to talk about it every day. Doesn't mean that I'm rude. I just have to adjust because the question is going to be asked. I just have to be ready. And sometimes it's not what you're asking. It's the way that it's asked. Absolutely. So, so that's pretty, cause I'm not, a lot of people won't be able to see it from your point of view. Right. You know what I'm saying? They, they just they just want to be nosy. Said, so they don't think about it as deep as you might. So that leads to a question that I have about you probably have a different view of what support really means now. You know what I'm saying? So even when back then when it happened, the support that you needed or the support that you thought that was going to be there that wasn't there, even today with your new venture, with your book, you know, what kind of support are you receiving? What are your thoughts about support, the, the support that you had? coming up um, through this experience. What does support mean to you? I hold myself to a standard of grace and not perfection. The reason I say that is because there are times that I have needed help and I didn't know how to ask. And support sometimes is just being there, um, maybe opening the door, but not particularly um, being overbearing. Um, because I am in it, I like to feel independent. I like to do some things on my own. I just like to know that if I need help, I can ask. Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel it, it like the does. environment that we're placed in um, isn't designed for our ailments as well, as far as um, physical disabilities and even mental disabilities. 
Um, and I just feel like just knowing that I have a support system and someone that I can call um, or someone that I can depend on to know that it's okay to not always be okay. Like I'm, it took a long time for me to be okay with that because I did a lot of healing behind the scenes. Um, and that's why I go on the now to say that I'm healing out loud because I cry and I, it doesn't make me feel weak, but it used to. I used to feel like I had to wear an armor and always be ready and on call. Um, but I'm, I'm not a soldier. And even if I was, um, nobody's always okay. Right. That goes right into a question one of our audience members have. Pink. Yeah, I'm about to bring it up right now. So it says, there you go. yeah, I hope I'm asking this question right. But how long did it take you to bounce back and become inspirational? Do you remember your turning point to say, hey, I got this? I still struggle to this day. I had a very tough week last week. Um, I had to have a recent surgery on my pinky toe. It's just that it's that simple. Like I, I got in a car accident and I broke all of my bones. And I was in the hospital for a year and I had to learn how to walk, talk, and do a whole bunch of other things. I never felt like an inspiration. I always just felt like I was doing what I was supposed to be doing to keep myself going. Um, it wasn't, I realized along the way that I was a visual testimony for disabilities and disabled people, but I wasn't comfortable talking about it. Um, when I, I worked for the Pentagon, uh, I went as high as working for one of the, you know, one of the top uh, positions in the civilian world. I never liked talking about it. Like I felt like I felt like it made me weak, weaker to speak of my disability. Um, so yes, I I'm, I'm, I have a little difficulty answering that question, but being transparent is. To this day, some days I don't feel inspirational. Um, and I just have to, find, like I said, I do yoga or I pray or I cry. Um, just keeping it real, it's not always easy. But I think when, when, when I leave the house and I put my, put my armor on and I hold myself together well, um, that is often overlooked. So I just, I just come as I am. And if I, that, that has only, in maybe the last five years, been something that I'm more willing to accept. I just recently retired from my position, um, maybe in the last two years. And that's when the healing started, is when I didn't, I didn't have to wear the mask, I was able to finally start healing. Because for years, I just kept going. Because I felt like I had something to prove um, I, as a boss as a mother, as a wife, as a daughter, um, I always had a mask on. Mm -hmm. And I, my book sat in, my book was finished probably a year ago, but I didn't feel like it was done. I didn't feel like it was ready for presentation. And it wasn't until COVID happened that I felt more comfortable removing my mask and being transparent. And the reason for that is now all of you are wearing masks as well. <laughs> So now I feel like the playing field is a little bit more even. Mm. Wow. Yeah. With that being said, man, I'm going to go back to the question about uh, or what you spoke on as far as people asking you to share your story. I know you said that it, sometimes it's the way they ask. So now that you have an audience or, you know, now that you have the, the platform to share, what is the best way to go about asking you when someone asks you to share your story or you know, they don't know you from a pan of paint, so pan, pan, a, a, a can of paint. Can, so can, when they pan see you, they initially want to say, hey, you know, what happened? You know, it's natural for us to ask that, myself included. So what do you think? Or what do you would advise to the audience? It's the best way of going about that without, you know, traumatizing or having you relive that moment, so to speak. I feel like truth can't be taught. You either have it or you don't. And so, like I mentioned earlier, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And the main thing for me that I, that I, in my mind, I'm wondering when people ask this, is what are you gonna do with this information? Like, tell my story in, in Walmart grocery store when I'm just trying to go in there and get some milk for what? For who? You know, and so it just depends. It's always the time, the place. And I'm there's sometimes that I, 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 there's been times that 
I felt inspired to tell my complete story to somebody in the parking lot of uh, Walgreens. Like I said, it depends on how somebody approaches you. If I feel like my story is going to help someone accomplish something or overcome something, I feel more inspired to tell it. But just for curious minds that want to know, I don't have anything to prove. And I don't have anything, like I don't feel like I owe every person an explanation of my story or how I'm feeling that day. So I just, like I said, my mask is off at this point. I just go with the flow and how I'm feeling that day. And I, you know, I can say in the most respectful, um, caring tone, I'm sorry, I don't feel like speaking about that today. And then other days you might get my whole story with a couple of tears even, or, or the, the fun side of it, of, you know, like of my survival stories. Um, it just depends. And I feel like people have to be, um, ready to receive when you ask. So you just never know who you're asking, what you're asking them to relive, and what to expect. So just be ready. Okay. All right. Yo, that is great. That sounds very, very good. And you know what What I gather from that is that you have to be able and be willing to set those boundaries because individuals don't know their boundaries unless you sometimes set them for them. You see, so if individuals see you and they, they just want to know what happened and if you're not feeling that way, you know, feel like you, you know, you're not really in a uh, talkative mood or you may be dealing with something That's something that you will have to do. You have to set them for yourselves and everyone else that's out there right now that's listening on Alliance Den, regardless of what you're going through, you are entitled to set your own boundaries. And I heard something today that was so profound. The word no does not require an explanation. You dig it? So if you tell someone, no, I'm straight, that's the end of that. Now, let them deal with it. You feel what I'm saying? So that is some Dave Chappelle level profound speaking you just gave us, man. Oh, so so look, hey, 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 since it is, I'm gonna give you two two weeks so you can pick it up. All right. But anyway, why you trying to be stupid? Hey, but look, y'all, we're gonna take a little pause for the calls real quick because we gotta uh take that time for our sponsors. But if you're loving this, please make sure you share this. This is some real, real inspiring stuff right now. So y'all stay tuned. Monique Slater is a top negotiating, award-winning real estate agent in San Antonio, Texas. Her focus is on educating and empowering individuals on building generational wealth through home ownership while providing exceptional service with integrity and excellence. Although her heart is for serving first-time homeowners and the military community, her clientele ranges from $100,000 to $2.5 million. Monique has developed an awesome team that can get individuals into a home. Mention you heard this ad on the Lion's Den with Seth and get a $500 rebate from Monique at closing. After servicing in the Air Force for over 28 years, retired Chief Slater has a massive network so she can connect you with an awesome agent anywhere in the U.S. And your referral will get a special gift card from Monique. If you're in the San Antonio area or relocating there, give Monique a call first to help you find your dream home. Her number is 210-237-7268. One thing we can cherish during these times is family dinners. Think about it. The nice, succulent southern fried chicken, baked beans cooked to perfection, creamy macaroni and cheese, cornbread. You get the point. Come check out Kevlar's Grill, where all the meals are cooked with perfection, professionalism, and love. Located outside the Scott Air Force Base back gate inside the VFW is where you can find them. Also, they have military discount for all of our serving members. Give them a call. Their number is 618-416-5700. And that's inside Scott VFW Post 4183. And they also have Grubhub. Call them now and tell them that the Lions Den sent you. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Seth with the Lion's Den. Are you or someone you know looking for a tool to help them be more accountable? Check out the Black Collar Mindset, the art of strategic thinking. It's a manual to help maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable every step of the way. 
Go to theblackcollarmindset.com to grab your copy today. Again, the website is theblackcollarmindset.com. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Let's get it together. Right, y'all, welcome back to the Lions Den. We have a great, great, great show going on right now. And I'm 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 very excited because I love to be inspired. And who better to have us on besides her, right? But besides her, but we have an awesome guest, Miss Nakia. Ma'am, you know, um it, it, this your, your your story is so impactful and you're so transparent, which we can appreciate, right? That we can truly, truly, truly appreciate it. But um, what 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 I would like to ask is, what do what 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 do you say, or what would you say is your inspiration to waking up in the morning? God bless me with two beautiful children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Imani and Nigel um, give me so much light. Um, I was told I wouldn't be able to have any children. So when I got pregnant with my daughter, um, it was kind of, it was difficult to even consider carrying her. I didn't know how I would carry a child. Um, I, I was put on bed rest. Um, my children are my motivation because I was able to have them and to see them every day, uh, just the way that they look at me, they don't look at me as disabled. They look at me as their mother and they love me just as I am. So it helped me to accept myself. Like I can see my beauty in their eyes and it just gives me reason to go on even on days when I feel like staying in my bed. Mm. So. Uh, my daughter is 22 and my son is 17 and just watching both of them um, excel in the way that they do and the positive attitude that they have and even the way that they handle my disability um, it just gives me motivation mm-hmm. seeing myself through two or four <laughs> four little shining eyes just gives me that motivation that I need that's powerful that's powerful Prior to having them, um, the eyes that were watching me were my family members, my grandmother, my mother, my sister, my brother. Um, you know, their their expectations, but it was expectations of happiness, not uh, not anything in particular. Them, them just wanting to see me be happy and excel was enough. Okay. And like I said, I stay stand spiritual ground. I believe in God, um, and and I don't object to anybody, whoever they call their God, but some type of higher spiritual being to explain um, just the the reason behind being here. Sometimes has to be enough. The fact that that God felt like I needed to be here a little longer, um, that my purpose wasn't done, gave me. Motivation. I'm standing. So, is that what motivated you to, to write your book? Like, what what is the goal? The goal behind your book? Like, what what do you look? What are you looking to gain uh, from the book overall? I wasn't looking to gain anything, and that's the, the joy of it all. I said that wrong. Not no, gain. no, no. Like, like, who, but, like, no, because I could. It could yeah. be. It could be that. It could be financial. It could be a healing process. It could be. And so further into my answer is that I initially I wasn't even looking to write a book. Uh, my grandmother always told me that I had a story to tell and that people would love to hear it. Um, but I didn't. I'm, I'm not one. I don't like walking in the spotlight. I kind of like working behind the scenes a little bit better. Um, but I do know that my story is inspirational and can help other people. I always felt like I was a visual testimony. Like I don't have to tell my story to inspire someone. Like somebody can just tell, I walk with a cane. I call it an invisible cane because many people don't see it. Like they don't, they don't see the, the struggle behind me walking with a cane or how far I've come to even be walking with the cane. So the visual representation has always been there. 
but as far as me um, coming out and speaking about it, it just came after my grandmother passed. Um, it was always a, a vision of hers for me to, to speak on a talk show. Uh, <laughs> Oprah Winfrey in particular. <laughs> She's not my favorite. But I... Uh, <laughs> I think I, as I as I when I retired, I started to see my purpose more in a spoken terms and spoken terms, and being able to use my story to help motivate other people um, more as my passion instead of as my assignment. Very nice. Uh oh, Larry, you you muted, man. It was this life-changing event, right? I don't want to call it a negative because I'll just leave it as a life-changing event. What what about it that kept you so positive? You know, because you think about this happening to other folks, right? You know, especially at the prime of your career, you're in college, college athlete, pledging the whole nine, and then this happens. This could take you down a road of depression, and some serious, serious, you know, abuse, you know, whether it's alcohol, drugs, you name it, you know, this for the week can take them out. But for you, you seem like you've taken this and made it, you've turned it into a positive, like an extreme positive. So what do you, what is your message to those that may experience this or, you know, know someone who's going through this or, you know, whatever, you know, what is your message to those folks that are watching, listening, um, what, what do you say to those people to, to keep them on a positive more so than focusing on the life-changing event itself? It's okay to not always be okay. <laughs> and I say that, like, I laughed a little bit when you said you seem so positive. And I keep it so real. There are some days where I'm not positive. And, you know, I try not to, to let it escape my door. Like, I, I don't, I don't like to, I don't leave my house if I don't feel in the right frame of mind. So that means that there, I've gone through time periods where I was in seclusion while I was healing. Um, I've, I've spent a month in a house um, at, at times. And that's difficult for me to say because a lot of people don't know. Like when I'm hurting really, really badly, I hide. I don't like people to see that side. And I don't like um, to ask for help or to need help. And so I don't think that that's a great thing. I think that, that me opening up and, and healing out loud lets people see that I'm not always okay. Um, and that's why, I'm, that's why I'm, that would be my message to other people because I did so much hiding and letting people think that I was okay for so long that when it finally hit me, it hit hard. It hit real hard. And I, I could say... When I very first moved back to Clarksville about four years ago, um, once I retired, I might have left my house six times in a year, with no exaggeration. And it was a very difficult time. But when I did leave the house, oh, I was fly. What? I would be all, what, like the whole gamut of well put together. Um, so that no one would ask me what happened or are you okay? Like, I would much rather you not ask me that. So I'll put the whole mask, the whole get up on, um, the smile, the personality, like all of that. But behind the scenes, I was hurting. I was dying. I was crying every day, um, you know, crawling to the bathroom even from pain. Um, and a lot of people didn't know. Um, I did have a strong support system of a couple of people that knew that that made me comfortable um, being myself and not being okay. So I think that it's important for people when you're going through something to, to surround yourself with people that accept you and love you and embrace you even when you're not okay. Mm. Okay. No, that's good. That's real good. So there's a question that just popped up and I want to give you an opportunity to answer that. And I would also like you to follow this up with what success looks like to you now. Right. Because leading up to your accident, you had dreams and aspirations. Right. And I'm sure you still do. Right. But of course, when things happen to us, some type of traumatic situation happened, our view of success 
can at the same time change. So just want to know your thoughts about that. And then you can tie that in with this question here. So what did you learn? Right. What did you learn are your abilities? And, 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 and the reason why, and the reason why I think this is such a powerful question is because I'm sure individuals during this time of COVID and being in isolation, they're a, they're forced, if you will, to um, learn different things, if not things that they like, but more things about themselves. You, you get what I mean? So what have you learned uh, are your uh, abilities and what does success look like now? I'll start with what, it, what success looks like to me. You're right. Um, when I was 19 years old, success to me looked like um, the corner office of a corporate building. Um, a wedding ring. I wanted a small wedding ring. A small wedding, um, a, a supporting husband, um, children, uh, white picket fence. That's what success looked like for, to me. I got all of that. I got, I got all of it, um, and I wasn't happy because that's not, that wasn't my definition of success. Success for me now, as I realize, is peace and happiness. And I'm, I know, I know it sounds so cliche, and I sit here in my little, you know, peaceful clothes and home and all of that. But I'm, I'm so telling you that I had, I went from feeling like success was a big time job and a big house with the picket fence to realizing that success is the happiness within and not being able to replace that just finding that peace and being able to hold on to it um is what success looks like to me now success to me looks like smiles on my children's faces um success to me looks like being able to being able to make it happen even when I feel low. So what my abilities are is I'm an inspiration to other people. And although it's, it's a tough road to walk sometimes, um, sometimes just me showing up is enough. And I realize that. And, um, and even when I don't feel like I can put myself, put my 100%, um, the people that love and appreciate me are going to appreciate me showing up just the way that I am. And okay. that is what success looks like to me. All right. All right. I like that. Yes. That's huge. And, and I hope this resonates with individuals because I know that we can get so caught up in society's view of what success is or should be. But when life gives you a good old fashioned uppercut, you know, it kind of wake you up and see what's truly, truly important. But no, I appreciate that. Very, very well put. It's the difference in potential and abilities. Mm -hmm. Like we all have the potential to shine, but what are you really going to do to, to make yourself happy? What abilities are going to, to make it all come together and make it make sense and make it a reason for you, not for other people. It's all about the happiness within because I, I spent all my life, um, a lot of my decisions were for other people's happiness, for other people's peace of mind. I, I found myself making accommodations for other people instead of just asking for what I need. Can you do me a favor and, and foot stump that uh, last statement you said about the abilities and potential? Because I don't think individuals really under... Hold on, as a matter of fact, let me make sure the screen is good and, and the clarity <laughs> is, is good, right? Because I don't think individuals understand that those are two different things. You can have every intention in the world and you got the potential to make some things happen. You see, you, we all got potential, but it's those abilities. Could, could you elaborate a little bit more on that? And I get with you, Herm, but I, I got to dig in deep to with this, if you don't mind. Okay, so I feel like, uh, like you said, we all have potential. Uh, um, I'll take Kamala Harris as an example. Like We're using her now as a, a shining light for a black woman like me or black uh, young black girls to see that you can reach the highest position, um, you know, the highest goals that you want to reach. You can have potential to do everything, but she had to put in a lot of hard work and she had a lot of um, 
people judging her along the way, even still. So, and you can get to what you feel like is the top of the mountain and you're still going to have people looking down on you. Um, so just finding what things you're, just because you're good at something doesn't mean that that's what you're um, meant to do. So we all have different things that we're good at. Like I can draw, I can draw really well, but that was, that's not what I'm called to do. I'm called to tell my story to help other people. So, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a leader. Um, I spent my career being, being a leader and, and helping other people with their careers and helping people um, reach their goals and set their goals. But you have to make sure that your cup is filled first um, because that is going to keep you going, like keeping, keep you ready, choosing your battles even. Um, I just have, you have to start making sure that you're taking care of yourself and not that you're using your abilities for others always. Mm. Sometimes you have to use them for yourself. No. I, and I could piggyback <laughs> off that potential, right? Don't, don't, don't I, piggyback. Yo, we, we don't do piggyback in the deal. Hold on. Potentially, I could have some abs, right? Hey, you know potentially, you could sing, too. <laughs> That's true. But, but, uh, potentially, I got abs. You know what I'm saying? But the way my eating is set up, I don't have the ability to get them. Hey, hey, look, look. The way you're eating is set <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, what, look, look, oh, speak, hey, wait, speaking about potential, you. wait, look, no, 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 don't hey. feel him on that. How about this? Yeah. Let, let, let's talk to the world because uh, I want the individuals to know about your potential and where that four chairs play mm -hmm. in the park. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about my four chairs? Yeah. All right, so my karaoke name is Four Chairs. Tell them why, you know? Big Herm. <laughs> All right, so everybody's familiar with the voice, right? Mm -hmm. And when you first sing in the voice, they the, judge, the judges and the coaches, they had a back turn to right the, on to the, uh, and when that singer starts okay. singing the chairs turn around for who they want on 18 uh-huh you ready for me to start singing because if i start singing seth about to turn around no, I, oh, no. you know what i'm saying all four, <laughs> all four judges are turning around for me you know what i mean that's why Wait, are we all gonna turn our chairs around? <laughs> <laughs> i want to hear this Look, no you I, don't you've heard me sing no 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 you haven't no no yes, no, no 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 you I don't I, I don't i don't think the world needs I've seen that you dance too you have potential to dance very well potential I was just about to get into that I was just about to get into that. Oh, you, I'm we we thinking the same thing because I'm gonna go back to when I first met you. You know what I'm saying? The place called the V Spot, and I'm not gonna. One of the first things I did notice was that you did have a cane, right? But I also noticed that it didn't slow down a damn thing on the dance floor. You know what I'm saying? I'm I like, love to dance. I'm like, what? No, I like. Is she? Does she have a cane? Is she? Is she just a pimp? Like, what's going on? Like, why she got a cane? <laughs> Because she is moving. And so and then I was like, I'm going to go dance with her. And she damn near danced me out the building, man. Are you serious? I what was going on, man. I was like, okay. That's you the difference in potential and ability. Like, yeah. I, you know, I don't, look, I, I, don't let, I don't limit myself. Like, I feel like I'm perfectly imperfect. I just do what I do in my moment, like in my essence. Either you no. feeling me or you not, but I don't have time to sit and worry about what everybody's thinking. So when I'm dancing... When I'm in my when I'm in my moment when I'm vibing, you know I'm not worried about who I was watching. Nikita, every everything everything was on beat to include the cane. I'm trying to keep up. Man, if you don't shut up, serious <laughs> man. I'm trying to keep up. Like, I cannot. I cannot do this. You know what I mean? Like she's killing me out here. Yeah. So I, I didn't notice that. Not and, and and in my mind when I met you was never to ask what happened or. Thank or you. any of that because the energy that you had i'm like man she is out here to have a good time that's the yeah. fact you know what i mean like she's out here to have a good time i'm about to go have a good time with her and and that's what i got and every time i saw you after that was always the same the same person i never saw you know so when you say that you're your inspiration that you inspire others you definitely do i mean i i seen that firsthand when i when i'm out and about and i see you out you always bring a certain spark, always a certain light to any situation that, that is Thank there. You. you know what I'm saying? Thank I, you. I've always appreciated but, that about you. I, I, I cried behind the scenes. You know how they say, uh, Chris Brown says, they're going to cry in the car. I cry in the car. Well, once I get out, then I'm, I'm just going to do me. So, but I'm, that's the, I think the biggest part of my story is that the transparency of it all is that it's okay to not be okay. Like, I'm not always on. Mm -hmm. But you won't see me. I'm not going to be out like I don't come out to cry. So if I happen to cry when I'm out, you know, I'll let the tears flow. But I don't come out to 
um, to have I don't a bad my, time. I don't wear my feelings on my face. Yeah, I keep them in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I heard that from my 86-year-old neighbor. Um, I helped take care of my neighbor next door, and she told me that one day, and it just resonated with me. Like you know, we have so much going on. Um, not don't always wear it on your face. It's some things that you're allowed to just keep in your heart and heal on your own um, and still just live in the moment. Stop holding on to all that, that baggage. Let it go. And it's heavy. You it's know, I'm heavy, it's so man. heavy. Why you so want to walk around? Delta's, um, I'm, a Del- I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Ooh, mm-hmm. to my sorrows out there. Um, but one of our sayings is to let it roll off your back like a duck. Mm-hmm. And I used to be so good at that. Like, I let so much stuff go. For so long, until one point in time, I realized that it wasn't rolling off my back. It was stopping, mm-hmm. like, right at the tip of my back, mm-hmm. the lower back. And I was like, wait a minute. It's, this stuff isn't rolling off my back anymore. Now what? I got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So I started dealing with it. Wow. Well, that's that's very inspiring. Before we get to you, Larry, I just want to let everybody, uh, let everybody know, look, if you want to call in, if you have a statement, comment, or anything, please, with the lines is open at number 618-792-6747. One more time is 618-792-6747. Go ahead, Big Larry. Well, for me, Nikia, I think you've answered a lot of the questions as far as the inspiration, the motivation, the determination piece of it. You know, I just want to say to you, what do you have for those? I know you wrote a book, right? And you talked about your book. Uh, you took the disc. The disc is silent and inspiring abilities. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that and where you came up with that concept? Yes. Um, okay. So I feel like there's an there is a negative st- stigma attached to a handicap. Um, but like I mentioned before, people with disabilities are so much bigger than that. Like we we're facing so much more on a daily basis that um, that stigma needs to be removed. Um, and in a way that I want you to see my disability. Like it's not that I'm hiding that I'm disabled or that I'm ashamed of it. I just want to remove the negative stigma of it all. Um, and make it more acceptable to be comfortable in the fact that it's not easy. So I want you to see my disability. Um, I want you to acknowledge my disability and make accommodations. Mm. Mm. Without me having to ask. That should be part of the culture, is that the accommodations come with the job. That the accommodations come with the opportunity. It's not that I have to um, prove myself to be equivalent to the person sitting beside me um, because I have to work a little bit harder to do that. Make it so that I don't have to work harder, um, but smarter. Wow. Wow. And you know what? That is so key because I think that individuals don't put that into consideration in the Mm -hmm. workplace or even just by being a true friend. You know, just being a friend, can you be my friend or can I be your co-worker without you having to put me in a compromising position exactly. emotionally? Because it's obvious it's physically, right? I, I have to mm-hmm. do a little bit more, but give me the opportunity to show you how great I am, just like those other opportunities are helping, you know, yeah. individuals are able to do the same thing. So, no, big kudos. Kudos to you. Kudos Thank you. to it you. It baffled me one time. I had a, a supervisor of mine that told me um, she didn't see my disability. And she said it in a way where she thought that I was going to be impressed by her saying that. She went on to say that she also didn't see um, color. She's mm-hmm. like, I don't see a disability. I don't see, I don't discriminate. You not seeing my color. Are you not seeing... Uh, my race or not seeing my gender or my disability, that is discrimination. By itself. Like, and listen, by itself. yo, like, I and want pe- you to see, pe- pe- see me in all my glory. And, and, and people all forget that. And it, accommodations it, for it. It, it's, it's almost like saying, hey, I, I got a black friend. I got a couple right. of them. Exactly. So that, that, that means, so, so that means, right, I got cute yeah. fat friends. Three black people at my house the other day. You yeah, know three of them. You know what I'm saying? Look, yo, if you count them, you're already out of line. You did what I'm saying. How inappropriate is to say you're pretty for a fat girl? 
people say to me all the time, I'm pretty for a disabled girl. They don't say it in that way, but it's the same connotation. And it's like, thanks. They tell me I'm handsome for a dark-skinned dude all the time, man. It pisses me off. Damn it. I, know I thought mean, we was going to. No, no, you don't. No, 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 you don't. Because, see, he did that on purpose and you slid it in. You slid it in. I was trying to mute your I'm mic. To relate. No, you can't. You ain't going to ever relate, damn it. But anyway, the bottom line is no, but you're absolutely right. And it's, it's so unfortunate that we are at a time like this still where individuals cannot see you. They can't see the God in you. You know what? Let me, let me, y'all listen, check it out. I know it's Sunday and I ain't a uh, church goer like that, but it's something that we can all resonate with if you do understand that there's a higher power. So if you understand the God in you, it would not be hard. It should not be hard for you to see God in individuals. Now, whatever life has given them or did not give them has nothing to do with the love that you can show them, regardless of the situation. Now, if you're in a position and you are a business owner or you're a supervisor or whatever the case it is, how would the God in you connect with the God in them? You have to enable that. That's the bottom line. And listen, I'm not on nobody's pulpit in my mind. It's common sense right on. But if you don't watch this, if you can't see the God in you, you won't be able to see the God in other people. Yeah. You see what I'm you saying? That's just like adjusting your crown. That's what like, it is. And just yes. adjust your crown and adjust your king or your queen's crown as well. Like, That's right. Like it's enough room for all of us to shine. So always, always. Pull it together. Always. Hey, but Big Herm, what you got, man, for your final word? Hey, so for, for my final word, um, First, first, I want to thank you for coming on. You know, thank you for inviting me. We was working on this for a little bit, and um, again, for for our listeners, you know, we're always going to try to put in front of you somebody that's meant to inspire or lay value to you. And I think, you know, what I'm saying, I know Miss Nakia Simon hit that hit that mark right on the head. You know, continue to do you. You know what I mean? Like when you're out and about, like again, I said before, you are an inspiration. You know, and I respect that about you. I always have, you know, since I've known you, I know when I see you that, you know, my night just got a little bit better. So I appreciate Oh, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. When you get some time, you know, there's some questions that we didn't get to in the comments. Uh, please go back, do it, and answer those. I think there was a really good question by uh, Shanice or Dion. I don't know which one wrote it, but uh, she, wrote, she asked a pretty good question there for you. So, but again, appreciate you coming on. You, you know Thank what? You. you know what, bro? Look, go ahead, go ahead and and, and ask that question because I want to. I want to uh, give her 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 uh, her time. All right. So, so she, she wanted to know. She wanted you to share how people assume that because you're dis, dis, disabled physically, they tend to think you are special or not all there, speaking or treating you as if you're not normal. Like, how do you handle that? <laughs> I, I think I think, she was, I think she was. Just asking that as it's making a statement. I think that's what she was doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like, like, do you have experiences of people like, like trying to talk slow to you or something like that? And how do you handle that type? Of thing? I adjust my crown. Really, I just, I, I don't, I don't stoop to the level of the way that somebody else sees me. That's so, and I address it um, as I see fit. When certain when certain circumstances come up, like I said, I'm not always a positive shining light. Sometimes you can get the heat. It just depends on <laughs> how you come at me, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> I try to stay positive and I try to try to shine my light. Um, but you know, in all situations, you just have to go with the flow. Like I said, be prepared for what you receive when you ask. Just right. know what you're asking for. Yo, that's dope. Well, listen, look, before we wrap it on up, and again, I do want to thank you for being on. This has been outstanding, very inspirational. Now, where can individuals find your book? We want to give your book a shout out. Where can they find it? The name of the book is Inspiring Abilities. Mm -hmm. Um, To give a little bit more insight, I have the... A picture of the book back here. It's a, nav- a narrative of survival, strength, and resilience. And that'll be, that's what the book looks like. It's on Amazon. Or you can hit me on my DMs. Um, my name is Nikia, spelled N I K I A, Simon, S I M O N. And if you would like a signed copy of my book, um, send me a DM and I'll sign the copy and mail it to you personally. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, y'all heard it. Y'all heard it. Thank you, ma'am. 
Yes, and ladies and gentlemen, if this was inspiration to you or possibly others, please make sure you share, 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 give those likes and, and all of that, right? Because she has a story and she's not afraid to talk about it. And that is key because you never know who you can help and who's actually going through it right now. These are some dark times, ladies and gentlemen, right? Yes. And so with everything that's going on with the pandemic, it's people that's dealing with something right now and they are secluded by just by happenstance of this pandemic and they can use this okay so i encourage you go out support her and while doing that support the lions then right on and we will make sure we keep y'all in tune so later see you next week holla at you. you we hope you enjoyed today's show make sure to listen to the show on google Podcasts, spotify breaker and radio public where you can subscribe or via rss so you'll never miss a show while you're at it if you like or dislike this episode we'd appreciate your feedback on facebook at www.facebook.com slash lionscast check out the book the black collar mindset the art of strategic thinking on amazon or www.theblackcollarmindset.com, a manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable. Tune in next week for another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth.